skin that you care about should be covered as much as possible. The skin that you don't care about should be covered. Should also be covered. (laughs) It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 115. We're going to have a stand-in tonight for not one, but two of my co-hosts. We're going to continue our new rider series with training part two, and we might slip into getting some gear. So no brother Hogan tonight. He is traveling. That's the sad part. But the happy part is he's traveling to the U.S. And John is off to New York for a funeral on his side of the family. So our uh, thoughts and prayers are with him tonight as he's on the road to upstate New York. So stand in time. So we reached way back into the refrigerator to see what we could find, dialed a few numbers, and Brother Bacon, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> not a whole lot, not a whole lot. You know, I, I technically aren't I more of a sit-in? Sit-in, stand-in. I don't know, you're standing now, aren't you? Oh, I'm sitting. Oh, you're sitting. There's no way I'm going to, there's no way I'm going to stand for that long unless I'm at work. (laughs) Got it. All right. You know the routine, my man. You have Ein Beverage. I do have Ein Beverage. Mine is from the New Belgium Brewing Company. Uh, It is a wonderful IPA named Voodoo Ranger. Oh, I've had that one. Very nice. It is very nice, especially at uh, 7% alcohol volume. Oh, yes. Ah, uh, you just beat me. Well, I'm going to see your voodoo, and I was going to say raise you a Mosaic IPA, but it's 6.7%. And this is from Highwire Brewing. This is called High Pitch. And opener, of course. Of course. <laughs> Dangerous Dave's having a Bud Light. Awesome. Or as my brother would say, Bud Light. You would like the bottom of this one, so it... It has a whole long wordy description, which I won't read. But at the bottom, it says a chorus of mosaic and centennial hops to balance out the malt in this dank and delectable ale. Oh, it's dank. Hmm. <laughs> Enjoy, sir. Hmm. I am enjoying. Perfect. New topic for this evening. Rolling along in our new and returning rider series. And Bacon and I talked about this a bit offline and thought that we had more to say on the training. So we think we'll cover some more of the courses, maybe look at some other options and some alternatives, and maybe get into some gear. Sound good? That sounds wonderful to me. (laughs) (laughs) So we thank you, Rich. So we talked MSF, there's a lot more than, than just the basic course. So I thought maybe we'd run down that part a little bit. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because it really is just kind of a whole, like, rabbit hole. 
Yeah. Because your MSF is just it just as it says the foundation. It's it's foundational for all of it. You know, gets you ready to get on a bike and actually ride in traffic. Well, hopefully. Yeah, and and your first hand, you're only I'm trying to remember two years off of your MSF. Three. Three years. I am three years. Yep. Um, took the MSF course. It's 2015. Okay. Back in the sporty days. No, 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 no. 2000, 2016. I did take it only in 2016. And then, uh, no, let's go back. Let's go back. Cause my brain is stupid because <laughs> I forgot. Back. Roll it back. I got to roll it back because, well, there was a lot of drugs that happened after that. Um, <laughs> and they were legal and they were prescribed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I took my uh, MSF course in 2015 um, and then in April proceeded to get my 883 and then I got into an accident that first night out ouch yes so that took me out for six months then I, uh, after I got better I told my wife I would not oh, well, at the time we were engaged that, we, that mm. I would not ride until after we got married i forgot about that (laughs) and then goes into you know when i met everybody with the moto nobodies so all right and now you have a dyna i don't know if we've talked about that on the show yet you want to talk about your new bike a little bit and then of course we'll get back to training (laughs) (laughs) another rabbit hole uh we did talk about it a little bit um did we i i wasn't it uh i think it's when you first got it but now you've had it well, you've ridden it a, a, almost a season. I have. Because that was the summer ride, summer mountain ride. Correct. Correct. I had actually just gotten it, what, probably, ooh, I want to say it was three weeks prior. Okay. That ride, I believe. So, yeah, I've taken it over 5,000 miles now. You know, some daily commuting and all that. Amazing, amazing, amazing bike. Nice step up from the 883. Oh, just, just a little bit. Just, just. a tad. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little bit more uh, giddy up on it. Oh yeah. We were talking last night. The, the, the Sportster's a nice bike, especially the 1200 is pretty quick, but it's, it's a whole nother game when you, you start riding on the big twin for sure. Oh yeah. The, the, the torque difference alone is, yeah. Just Hev- gives it all heavier bike too, which, you know, that has <clears throat> advantages and disadvantages, but. It is a heavier bike, but when you're looking at it, it's what? It's only about 100 pounds heavier. So, yes, it's a bigger bike. Definitely mm-hmm. bigger tank, thank God. Um, I mean, what highway I can do, I've gotten about 250 highway. And that's what the 95 Big Bore. 250, 250 miles on a tank? Yes. Holy cow. It's, it, it, it's right about five. It, it's about five gallons. So, so it's got a sixth gear on it. So it, I think what traveling at 80, I'm doing right about 3000 RPM. Hmm. So it's really not sucking that much gas. I've never tried to run mine out of gas. You know, I've, I have about the same size tank. Mine's 96 cubic inch, but it, it's a stock 96 though. It's not a, not a bore kit. So I don't know. I usually fuel them up at 150 or so. And that's, indicated about a quarter 
Right. So. No, no. I and I completely understand that. And, and well, here's the big difference. So, um, that's straight highway riding. Right. Now, just commuting to work and back, I'm lucky to get what about 170. Lucky, lucky to get that. But that's also because you know I come off hard and on uh, stoplights and stuff like that. So. <laughs> All right, get back to training just a tad here. <laughs> I, we we had the same problem with the first episode too. It's like mainly because John had talked about Irishmen a lot, so right. every time we had an opportunity to pick his brain, it was like, ooh, 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 I have another thing I want to know about. Yeah, well, we can get back on to the real topics. Absolutely. No more rabbit holes. Well, this is a rabbit hole. Uh, where was it going? Okay, so we talked about the basic course. That's mainly where we focused our attention last time but we were also talking once you get your once you get your training up a little bit and you get some experience out on the road you may want to look at some of the courses that follow on that so the series then progresses through you know in the starting to ride series they have the basic course they even have an e-course i think we talked about that Um, Mm -hmm. there's your your basic rider course standard or brc as it's known and then one of the things we talked about with John is they've got the BRC three-wheeler and the scooter and things like that. Not that John needs that, but I don't know that that was available when he started, um, when I he started his bike. I don't think so. I think that, I think that was actually just new within the past year or so from what I was reading. Yep. All right. So we talked about that and we're going to go into some of the requirements later as we get into some of the gear. So then they offer a series that they call continuing to ride. So these are things like your BRC2, they have a skills practice, and they also have what they call the street rider course and things like that. So that sort of helps you move to the next level. And I think you and I have talked about this offline. This is kind of where you're practicing your drills at that point. Right. Your turns, yeah, your breaking maneuvers, things like that. Right. Only under a supervised setting. Correct. Yeah. You're not out on, on the road yet. Now you haven't you you've never even taken the MSF, have you? Not the course. No, I've basically self-taught, friend taught. I've read a bunch of it, but I've never actually taken the course. Okay, so when are you doing that? This year. I'm going to do a couple, actually. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I want to start with the basic one or do the intermediate or whatever, but I'm all, I'm definitely going to do a track course as well. Um. Well, who like who are you going to go through for your like like if you were to do the basic, who would you go through? We've been talking with the guys at Motorcycles of Charlotte down there. Mm-hmm. They they run the course. They do it on uh, scramblers, Ducati scramblers. Okay, so we were going to go down there and kill two birds in one stone, get to ride the scrambler and do the course. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> now, um, now I know through. Uh, the only reason I asked you about the basic course mm-hmm. was because I still go and talk to the uh, instructors from that I took under, right? So I took the basic and I also took the advanced later on. Okay. About a year later. The ARC? Yes. So I talk to them all the time. And so in the three years since I took their course, they go back and do training every year. Right. To learn some new methods for, for training. So they'll learn new stuff for basic and the advanced courses. 
right? So, so it's an ever-evolving course. Yeah, so it's safe to say if you took it a year ago, very likely there's going to be some different, at least some different tips when you go back. Yes, um, diff- there's different ways they, they train you too, you know, instead of just like this, the basic weaves going around in circles, stuff like that. It seems like they've gotten a little bit more, it's almost like a little bit more trusting in new riders. Okay. You know, kind of shortened down some of the times, just, you know, if need be, because it's all up to instructor about how long they do each section, each part. Right. So if they feel that everyone's got a good grasp on it, they, they move, move on. Move it along. Right. Move on a little quicker. That's good. But just, just so long as all of the basic stuff is, is carried over. Well, that's, that's a perfect question for the returning rider. And I don't remember if we got into this on the last episode, not the last episode, but the last time we talked about this, but would you, as a returning rider or someone who's ridden for a long time, like myself, who's not taken it, would you still start with the basic or would you go right into the ARC? Um, as a returning rider, I would say, okay, so after my accident, um, I just went about, I just went back to riding now that now given that's only what that was about nine months, but that was also about 11 months after my MSF course. Yeah, right. <laughs> and only, and only about an hour on the bike, <laughs> you know, and, but I also ride a lot more back roads, you know, where there's not a whole lot of traffic, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, then I went and took that ARC. Now, if you're gone for a year, two years, something like that, I think a basic course is good for you because good generally, start. You know, right. You know, just kind of get acclimated to a bike, you know, doesn't that way you're not, you can just, you're not going to destroy their bikes usually. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause they got all the, all the crash cages and all that. Yeah. I have to say that I, I ride in the city a lot. You know, here in Charlotte, because I do live in the city limits. But even when I lived in Boston, I rode in the city a lot. And I think that's helped me mostly with, like, situational awareness. Just constantly having your head on the swivel, looking for dangers left, right, and center, checking your mirror all the time. That's definitely helped. And I look at other people that have ridden maybe for a long time, but they've spent most of the time on the highway or side roads. That Some of them they're terrified of the city. Like they have no, well, no desire. It's not fun to ride. I'll admit that. But I think that's probably a good, uh, a good training ground. If you can get used to it, <laughs> there's a lot of obstacles. Well, at some point you're going to have to do it. Um, you're going to have to counter it at some point. Yes. Right. Because I mean, let's say you go on a short trip, you know, and you're going to take highway. You're going to run through a city, you know, depending on what time you make it through there. You could be hitting it during rush hour or something like that. Or maybe just as rush hour is beginning in to where you get that extra load of traffic and people are trying to make it through it faster. So what do they do? They speed through it. Yeah. So a lot of different things you have to think about with that. Yep. Riding in the city. It's even more exciting at night. (laughs) It's like watching a night race. You know, everything gets turned up to 11 with the headlights and all. So. Well, and that's where, and that's where I advocate, you know, LEDs, not so much like Harley makes the daymakers, you know, and there's a whole bunch of daymaker style headlights for sure, but it's a flat, but it's a flat beam, you know, so you get into a turn, you lose 
pretty much all of your corner. So I actually like the uh, H4 LED uh, direct plugins. So you can use your stock, mm-hmm. you can use your stock can, and uh, just throw it in there. Well, Plug I don't know right about up. that because I I have the original Daymaker, and it has a a bright LED in the middle, and then it has mm-hmm. two on the side. They're shaped like a D. Yes, and it's it's still, but it's still a flat beam. Well, I if guess you, it depends you, on the if, bike if you, too. Well, that's where uh, things like maybe like a floodlights or um, a small LED light bar mm-hmm. can help with that as well. Because the LED light bar is not just a flat beam. It spreads out. So it helps gain a lot of that sight back. Well, I'm saying it depends on, like, my headlight is affixed to the the forks. So it turns. Right. I but guess what I'm getting lean, at versus fixed. But, but I'm talking about as you lean. Yeah, I see what you're saying. The light doesn't come out straight or it doesn't come out like in a cone. It comes out more like more flat. Correct. I get what right. you're saying. I never noticed that in the corners. I'll have to pay attention next time. <laughs> well, uh, since I, like I said, I take a lot of back roads and I've actually taken it from work home mm-hmm. at, at just what it was about November. So it was dark out by the time I was riding home and you those back roads. Like, what? Yeah, it's probably one of the scariest things you ever see. I'll have to keep that in mind. Another semi-advantage of riding in the city. Street lights. Street lights. Street lights. Okay, so after the continuing the the ride series, they have something called improving the ride. And this is all coming from uh, msfusa.org. And this would be your street rider course two and this is where the arc comes in or the advanced rider course that's the one you were talking about and you've taken that bacon yes uh only so it was through like i said like like through rider's edge is what it really was um harley. and yes harley sponsored <laughs> all harley sponsored all, harley, all day on the street <laughs> can't be beat <laughs> So, um, they refined a lot of what you did. So like all your figure eights, quick turns, you know, they, they quickly, and I mean, within probably like the first half hour, Mm -hmm. um, half hour to hour, you were through everything from all your basic foundation stuff. So the ARC started with like a one hour basic. Yeah, it was, sort of. I mean, like I said, it, it depends on how many people you have. You know, I think ours really only ran right about half an hour because uh, then we took like a little break. But uh, it was just a, it was just quickly, just run through it. Make sure you're comfortable because you ride your own bike in those. You don't ride the nice. bikes. Nice. Um, it's something that you're required to do because since it's an advanced. You're going to be on your own bike, so you know that you're using your bike. And that's still yeah. in a controlled environment? Not out on yes. the street? Okay. Still in a controlled environment. Um, in fact, a guy had, I want to say he had like 20, 20-inch apes on his fat boy <laughs> doing this course. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It was, kind of, it was kind of funny, but, but then, uh, then they... Uh, it's, it was almost like, so just recently I went back to 
where the, when they were doing the basic course. And I saw them doing some of the same practice drills that we had done in that advanced course. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it's ever changing, it's ever evolving in how they do that. And how even today, it's probably evolved long past of what I had taken it as. They add in some other, um, a little faster braking, right? Like quick braking. Um, like for, like 40, 40 to zero type of thing or? What was it? Uh, was it in, in the beginner's rider course, they got you up to, was it 30? Yeah, it's 25 or 30, I think John was telling us. You know, it's like 25 or 30. They get you up to like 40, 45, you know, short in a short span. And they wanted you to stop in about just about as same amount of time that you would at that 30, 35. And also, you know, so it's all learning it on your bike. Yeah. It's learning everything on your bike. Um, they definitely went through. So instead of just like figure eights, it, you almost kind of started going into a little bit of like how they, how you've seen like some rodeo. Mm-hmm. Um, the police rodeos, uh, but it was, that was like weaving. So super slow, wide weaves. Yeah. Um, just nice. <laughs> and mind you, like I said, I'm what, a couple years removed from that. So it's a little blurry to me as to everything that went on for that. But that's also why they say, you know, you need to, it's, it's best for you to, you know, take a course every year, you know, good reminder. But, Mm-hmm. Because how many people, when they set out on their bikes, say, you know what, I'm going to take this weekend and I'm going to practice. I did it recently, but I hadn't done it in a while. <laughs> well, you did it recently, but you were also preparing for this. So well, you no, kind of had in, it on your mind. But yeah, I think that's part of it. But just in general, I was wanting to ride more in the colder weather. So it was one of the things I was like, you know what, I haven't really tried some hard braking in the cold, you know, just to see the difference. So that's mainly why I did it. And just, you know, friends and people in the area that have had accidents or close calls, it's kind of, kind of makes you think about that. So it really does. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, when you hear of enough people go down, you're like, okay, are my skills sharp enough? Are my skills where they should be? You know, do I know what my bike feels like when I lock up the rear tire or the front tire? You know, for that matter. Not that you ever want that on the street, but hey, low speed in the parking lot. If it happens, do you know what to do? So that was my thing. I just found a parking lot, just did some braking drills just to see, okay, when does the, mainly the rear tire on mine, when does it light up? And I think I've mentioned on the show, it was a whole lot sooner than I thought it was in the cold. <laughs> oh, for sure. You yeah. Know, it, it's a super hard tire. Yeah, super hard tire, cold, parking lot was a little gritty. I mean, it, it took nothing. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's what I'm always afraid of. You know, just I'm just gonna grab that handful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and no ABS on your bike either, so right? No, no, absolutely none. But I guess there is one kind of saving grace is the fact that I have a the uh, 180 tire in the back. So and, and they're Metzlers. Mm-hmm. They're Metzler marathons, so they're a softer compound. I mean, they're still hard in the cold, but they're not as hard as like a, a touring tire. Yeah. So there is a, li- a, a slight variance of a slaving grace in there. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add on the MSF uh, advanced courses? And then, or let me just ask that question before I go farther. Um, no, I mean, 
honestly, because everything it's just it, it just builds and builds and builds, like to like what I said the the police rodeos, you know, like those are your top riders, mm-hmm. you know, the best control you could ever have of a bike. Those are the guys. All right. Well, one alternative we talked about when KP was on the show. Do you remember this one was called Bike Safe? So yeah. that's done up in the Raleigh area, and they actually go out on the street for that one. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I don't know if this is something that you want maybe a first time rider to do, but this sounds like something definitely for a, a refresher or a returning person, you know, to get out and do it, do it in the street environment instead of in a parking lot. What do you think about that? I like it. Um, I wouldn't recommend that. I, I mean, is it like all on the street? Do they do a little, like maybe like a quarter of the class? on a parking lot and then ride out. Yeah. I got the sense it was a little bit of both, but the, the advantage or the distinction that he wanted to drive home is that they do end up doing some of it on the street. You know, so you do get to go put it into practice, go out on the road, navigate traffic, navigate signals, things like that. You know, it was more than just your, just your drills. You know, that's, it's really good, but then you also have to think about, okay, group riding. You know, you're, you're doing this in group riding. So if it's, you know, if, if you've been riding for a while and you want, you know, maybe some more tips or maybe just some experience with group riding. Well, this is pretty neat. Here's the rider skills day agenda. So 8.45 AM morning classroom session. And that runs to about 11.15. And then you do a short ride. So you get paired up with an assessor. And you go around a course for about 45 minutes. So that's not bad. So a little training, classroom instruction, and then get out on the road. And then they break for lunch. They take an afternoon session, classroom session again, for about an hour and a half, it looks like. And then another hour and 15 minutes or so on the road. Hmm. Not too bad. And final feedback's about a half hour back in the classroom. A nice mix. Now this, now this is an advanced or just returning I got, I got to look. They don't really say class requirements or. Cause I, w- I mean, well, it's gotta be at least returning or advanced. Yeah. This seems more like an assessment cause they call it an active assessment of your riding skills. So yeah, this would not be a first time class. It may be also something to kind of help your insurance. Right. <laughs> or if you've, if you've had a couple of incidents, right. And your insurance is going up. Okay. Like, hey, <laughs> well, why don't you Check into the bike safe clinic. <laughs> yeah, that, and that could be too, you know, Hey, you know what? You got points. Here you go. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be like the lazy, th- those, uh, take away a point classes that you go through for yeah. half a day. But I thought it was neat. I'm going to check it out. So John and I have got a session with KP at some point cause he's at the dealership. So we'll get some more info on it. That'd be nice. Maybe that's the one I'll take. Oh, Ooh, that actually could, hey. you know what, that might be really, you know what, if, if you're doing a couple of them, mm-hmm. maybe see like what a beginner's course is like, and then that one. And then, yeah, or, do the ARC or, or you, and mix them in. Mm-hmm. Or you could do the, like the, the advanced in that. It doesn't matter really what you do, but because yeah. they're going to push your, they're going to push your limits on both of them. So, yeah. The more we've talked about this whole series offline the the more i've thought 
we're, we're more doing this casually. You know, we're just weaving it into the conversation of the week, talking to different people, getting different perspectives and opinions. And then at some point we're going to extract all this into like one big episode. You know, so it'll be a little bit from the first episode, a little bit from tonight. If I end up taking any one of these, you know, we'll add that back in as well. And then we'll get it all condensed into one tight little package. One four hour show. <laughs> no, hopefully not four hours, but <laughs> <laughs> something you can digest. Welcome to the Loud Pipes Marathon. <laughs> yeah. Hope your seat's comfy and your beverages is full. Cool. All right. So let's go back to the list. Any of these other ones you want to chat about? Rider's Edge. Did you did you get any sense that that was much different than MSF? I know it's all based on that, but did you get a sense there's anything else that they do or add to it? Well, I mean, the the great thing about the uh, with Rider's Edge is, I mean, if you want to ride a Harley. I mean, they're doing, they're using street 500s, mm-hmm. you know, they're not using anything too, too large or anything, but it's still a nice, you know, it's nice that it's a provided bike. Whereas there's some places that, you know, you have to provide your own bike. Yeah. And that would just be weird. And that would be, that would be much more suited for a beginner that may not even have a bike. You know, it's nice to show up and just get the instruction you know, while you're still coming up to speed. Certainly people that are returning might have a bike or two or three. So, <laughs> so or four. <laughs> we know how yeah, that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm Jay Leno, right? Right. You look a little like Jay Leno, actually. Oh, thanks. No. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> the chin gave it away. No. Right. Oh. <laughs> uh. Speaking of, uh, on his show, he has D Snyder on tonight. Oh yeah. On the NBC version. Yeah. The new garage show. Yeah. Or it's not on NBC. Garage. What is, what channel is that? CNBC. On? CNBC. That's it. Yeah. Just, just that reminded me of it. So check it out. I'm sure he appreciates the plug. <laughs> <laughs> now pay me. We're <laughs> sending all these people your way, Jay. You can thank me later. <laughs> No, I guess, um, what, I guess other than that, there's the intense police training. Yeah, you've got an interesting one. Yeah, let's chat about this one a little bit. So this is called the Midwest Police Motorcycle Training Incorporated. But you found they also have civilian courses, which I thought was pretty cool. And actually, that's, and this is the, uh, as far as I know, this is the only truly accredited police training for civilians. And it's only in uh, uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. So not uh, in the winter. No, no. And you're going to be there for a few days. You have to haul your own bike up there. <laughs> you're spending the entire, you know, I think, I think it's something like Four, definitely a few days. Yes, yeah, so primary five. classes are four days, and the advanced class is five days, and you must have passed the primary first. So this could be two weeks, right? <laughs> essentially, no. So I mean, I really want to do that, but for the money that you have to shell out for that, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's six fifty. The primary is six fifty with your own motorcycle, nine fifty with a rental, and the advanced. Is sixteen hundred with the rental, 
and was it seven fifty with your own bike? Ah, uh, but then you have to add on your sleeping arrangements, food. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's advanced too. Seven days. My mistake. The advanced is seven fifty with your own bike. The advanced two is sixteen hundred with a rental. It doesn't say anything about bringing your own bike for that one. So this could be three weeks if you took all of it. <laughs> Four days for the first one, another five, and then seven more. Honey, sorry, I'm taking all my vacation and sick time. Although if you planned this right, if you did it for the month of July, you just roll on into Sturgis before you come home. I mean, why not? I mean, yeah, you're what? Three, four states away? Well, but you're, you're closer than you are from Charlotte. <laughs> And a ferry ride. <laughs> and yeah, get a ferry ride in. Why not? <laughs> Which looks like fun. I've been watching a lot of videos on the Isle of Man TT, which is the race that I love. And it's so cool to watch the guys come over on the ferry because, you know, they get their tickets and they just ride their motorcycle up onto the boat. I'm like, how cool is that? You're riding on a, a big ferry across the ocean to the Isle of Man with a bunch of bikers. It'd be amazing. How cool would that be? But yeah, it, just, it looks like fun. The, the, what do they call it? The Sunday day of madness or something like that. But that's what the day where the, the whole road is open to public traffic one way. Yep. Cause and you get to ride the track. Yeah. And there's no that's speed it. limit in the Isle of Man either. So it's like, <laughs> well, that's it. I'm going to get the fattest hog in the world. <laughs> yep. And you'll be the only one except for me. Yeah, you know. Well, no, by then you'll have the R6. Yeah, I wouldn't take that over there, though. Well, I wouldn't take either of my bikes over there. We rent something. We'll <laughs> yeah, pound, trash pound on someone else's bike. We'll trash somebody else's bike. <laughs> Maybe Zero will have a yeah. motorcycle to rent. Oh, sir, that was a new tire when we rolled it out of here. I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. It was not. <laughs> I've got pictures. No, no. <laughs> I think it was a, almost bald, I swear. No, after after about one lap, one or two laps, mm -hmm. snap a picture. And then when you're done, snap another picture. Be like, look, there really isn't any difference. No difference. <laughs> so you want to go? We're we're serious. By I think by 2020, we're going to go. So it's either going to be next year or the year after. I... You know what? I'm not even trying to plan that far ahead. I yeah. Oh, I, as much as I want to go, I don't see that happening that soon for me. People can't Maybe. see it on audio, but I'm making the airplane gesture, <laughs> bacon. <laughs> yeah, we we really want to go. Rico and I talk about it all the time, and it's like, not this year's not going to happen. So it's like, can we get it together for 19 or is it going to be a 20 trip? I think 20 would be fun. There's a flat track race over here in Georgia. We should go to that. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Was that the, the Dixie Speedway? Is that what they call that? That's the short track though, right? Like quarter mile? Yeah. Third mile? Something is real short. Super short. It'd be a lot of fun. Just sit there, camp for a couple days. You're talking about American flat track? Like the big series? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sad they don't come to Charlotte anymore, so. Yeah. 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 Maybe you guys got, maybe I'll get to Ritzy for them. 
too ritzy. <laughs> yeah, NASCAR town a little too ritzy for AFT. I don't know about that. All right. So this this is pretty neat. I would like to do this, and I would encourage people to check it out. We'll put a link in the show notes, but it's MidwestMotorcycleTraining.com. And the videos of the instructors going around the course, man, that's just some serious skill. Well, when you're looking, well, even when you watch all the other videos of any po- actual police training course that they do, mm-hmm. it's crazy the things that they will put those bikes through. So that's why I think the the super advanced, the extra advanced course, yep. advanced two, I guess it was, that's that's probably why you can only rent their bikes. <laughs> yeah, don't, please don't bring your bike for this one. <laughs> We don't expect you to do these things on your bike ever. We take three quarters of an inch off the floorboards by the end of the week. <laughs> Just saying. Well, that's why it's 1600. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And they have dates August 12th through the 18th. All right, sir. Let me close that one. We'll move back to any of these other ones you want to talk about. Or we do gear. Maybe move into gear. I think I think I think we've spent more than enough time on these because and the rat holes. Don't forget the rat right. holes. Oh, oh, geez, lots of those. But you know, everyone in their own area. I mean, you have to do your own research. Um, I do know. I actually met this one lady while talking to my instructors, mm-hmm. who had take. She couldn't wait for those those two at Rider's Edge. And so she took the next class that she could find and they got her in that same weekend. And one of the instructors is like, now, what do you think you get when you, you know, why do you think they could get in so quickly? (laughs) Right. Right. Well, she took the course, came back, bought a street seven, uh, bought a street seven fifty, wrecked it that same day. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> not good and then she, and then she tri- and then she tried to yell at them <laughs> like why didn't you teach me <laughs> so yes make sure you get some feedback on where you're taking if, if you're going to take any courses right uh get some feedback yeah like we said you talk know, to the dealerships talk to various groups around find out where people go yeah well well and you know find out you know is it worth anything? You know, do they, did you actually learn anything if you went through it? Blah, blah, blah. You know, yelp it out. <laughs> yelp it out. <laughs> All right. So before we talk about the gear, I want to run down the list of what you must wear. Uh, this is what MSF says you need for the basic rider course. And then we'll get into some of, you know, our, our suggestions, if you will. All right, so you must wear long sleeve shirt or jacket, pretty sound. Mm-hmm. Long pants, heavy denim or riding pants recommended. You need over the ankle boots, sturdy ones, not canvas, no flip flops. You need eye protection. So they're saying full face helmet with a visor is provided, or you can bring your own. So that would cover eye protection. Uh, full finger gloves. And it says those are provided or bring your own and a full face or a three quarter helmet. Again, full face is provided or bring your own. So now on, 
on that on that one mm-hmm. right there with the helmets. Um, that also can vary per state. True. Um, jurisdiction. And, right, because uh, I know here, as long as it's a DOT approved, that's all they know, care. Yeah. Right, DOT approved and and uh, eye protection. That's it. Well, of course, you know your long sleeves and all the rest of it, but as for helmet. Right. Okay. Good point. Good point. So our basic thought on gear. So I have two basic topics. The first one, of course, needs to be a disclaimer, but Bacon has a funny point to this. (laughs) So so for new riders, we definitely recommend the old adage of preparing for the slide and not the ride. You know, you should be covered. Skin that you care about should be covered as much as possible. The skin that you don't care about should be covered. Should also be covered. covered. <laughs> oh dear. And what was the and what did we say the once you dressed up what should you end up looking like? <laughs> you should totally look like the little brother from a Christmas story. <laughs> I can't stop laughing <laughs> look at the picture. <laughs> hey gonna, guys, wait for me. Wait for me. <laughs> I'm so putting that in the show notes. <laughs> It has to. It has to go up there. <laughs> hmm. Maybe the maybe the one of him lying down in the snow and can't get up. <laughs> oh, like a turtle flipped over. <laughs> it's like help, help. So that yeah, that's our, our basic recommendation is you know, cover the skin with something you know, something durable, leather if you can, ballistic nylon, that type of thing. Jeans are not that great. In a slide, unless they're lined with something. Kevlar. Kevlar. So keep that in mind. And and unfortunately, they're expensive. But even the Kevlar jeans that are only partially lined from tests I've seen do not hold up that well. So those are the ones I have. And when I get a few bucks, I'll be replacing those with something something a little better. Your overpants? Yeah. They're still looking at the overpants. Most of them I don't like, though. I look at them and it's like, it looks like a snowsuit. So yeah. I think it may be, may still be riding jeans, but just full length Kevlar. I mean, I get, I get Kevlar and all that. Um, and Kevlar, full Kevlar jeans are good for riding, for riding. But if you stop for any good point of time. They're hot. They're going to get very hot. Even mine are hot. <laughs> and it's, it's only like. Knees the and butt, at, the hip and. And. and it's not even Down the, the full thigh. Yeah, it's just like the, the knee area. You're right. And they are warm. In the summertime, you stop to eat and your your legs are wet constantly. Mm. Which leads me nope. to my number one purpose for wearing gear. I know many in our clubhouse would agree with this. My number one reason for wearing gear is climate control, comfort. Okay. So I'm, I see it as a distractive thing. If, if my gear is distracting, it's not helping me. Yes, it might if I, if I end up on the ground, but while I'm riding an upright, distracting gear is not what I want. So that's kind of my main tip is make sure it's comfortable. You don't want to disturb your range of motion. So yes, you want to be bundled up like the little brother from Christmas Story, but you still <laughs> want to be able to move. <laughs> well, and if you go, you know, and ordering online is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if you can find something you like, say it like cycle gear, you know, if you have a local cycle gear, another place that has a, a bunch of, uh, clothes, you know, jackets, mm-hmm. pants, all that kind of stuff. I suggest you ride there if possible. You know, if you're p- going to pick up something new and you and just ask them, Hey, is it okay if I go sit on my bike with this, you know, kind of get yourself a feel of what it feels on your bike, yep. you know, cause it, it like, you know, if are in a, are you tucked on a, uh, on a sport bike? Do you have mini apes, big apes? Yep. You know, how are you, how are you sitting on it? Yeah, I had that. I had that exact same experience when I was looking for a jacket for the R6. So I put it on and I was at the local cycle gear. I put it on and I'm like, this is uncomfortable. You know, it doesn't, you know, I just didn't feel like I had the right range of motion. And the woman who was there, I forget her name, sadly, but she said, there's a sport bike out there. It was one of the other guys who worked there said, go sit on that with the jacket. And when mm-hmm. I did that, uh, it made sense when you get in that position, then the jacket felt right. Becomes comfortable. <laughs> yeah. But while I was standing there in the store upright, I'm like, this is terrible. Like who would ever wear this thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you never see them wearing it when they're off the bikes. Yeah. Yeah. You get off the bike. It's like <laughs> jacket is gone. Well, even like the full leathers at and during track days. I mean, you see mm-hmm. them unzip that thing. That thing's half off. Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah. Cause it's made to be in, in a tuck, you know, to be. Mm-hmm. be laid up on the tank so yeah good point Megan. very good point but other than that i mean like okay so over the ankle boots uh as long as you're getting uh they have riding shoes with all the protection right so they they look they look like uh you know like converse all-stars and stuff like that but they have your side ankle and heel and toe protection and stuff like that so i mean they couldn't deny you on that wouldn't be bad but yeah, like I said, the ma- main thing is over the ankle and something with some rigidity. Exactly. You know, it's not just for the sliding. That's that's a common fracture. Mm-hmm. You know, if you come yep. off, if you come off the bike. So. Well, also, you know, like just think of the just think of your ankle bone sticking out the side of your yeah, sticking out of the side of your ankle. What's going to rub the most? First thing to drag to ground. Yep. <laughs> And as important as the helmet is, we'll come back to that. I think one of the most important pieces of gear would be your gloves. Because what do you do yes. when you fall down? Right? You put well, your, you hand, put your hand down. Right? You try mm-hmm. to break your fall. You know? or, or, or if you're sliding, you know, most people don't raise their hands when they're sliding. They, try, they put them down to try and stop themselves. Yeah. You don't turn into a turtle on your back <laughs> and you hold your hands and feet up. <laughs> <laughs> oh no well that would be a good tactic if you had a a metal plate on the back you could just go it's a feet in the air <laughs> it'd be like sledding in the winter time you'd just be like down the road and all of a sudden i'm reminded of <laughs> christmas vacation once again <laughs> the christmas movie at it again bringing chevy chase back into my life oh sorry about that <laughs> I'm going for a new land speed record. <laughs> so yeah, two two things on the gloves. I, you know, leather gloves would be my preference, but you're going to have to spend a few bucks here. This is one of those areas where good gloves are going to be your friend and cheap gloves are going to drive you bananas. Because for sure. They're not going to be comfortable. You're not going to have the dexterity and they may not even hold up. So 
that's one area where I would spend some money. Good gloves that fit well and do what they need to do. Okay. How do you feel about um, fingerless? How do you feel about your fingers? <laughs> I'm talking middle of I'm, I'm talking middle of summer. <laughs> right. Let's say it's a hundred degrees out, sixty percent humidity, mm-hmm. not a cloud in the sky, sun's beating down on you. High noon Oop. ride. <laughs> you know, and you're just kind of going. You know, how do you, you know, are you do you want I mean, even perforated leather gloves, mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're gonna sweat a lot. Yeah, I honestly I probably wouldn't even have gloves on, but I'm not saying you should start there. You know, I mean, when you're starting out, you know, again, oh, yeah, yeah, back definitely to the for starting. Thing. Yeah, you should you should be protected, and then that's that's a choice you have to make. It's the same choice you have to make with a helmet, you know, with boots, with pants, all of that. You have to calculate that risk on your own, and I and I really am a believer in that. And you shouldn't let anyone else sway you one way or the other. That is your choice and your choice only to make. You know, helmets the same way. I'm I don't like helmet laws because. I feel that you should have the choice. I wear one every time, but that doesn't mean that's right for everyone. I get your point, but then at the same token, um, wouldn't look at seatbelt laws. I smell a rat hole coming. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, look at, I'm just saying, look at just, just kind of like, you know, devil's advocate, look at seatbelt laws. They can make you wear a seatbelt or you get fined. You know, and that was all about saving people's lives. That's all it was. And if this is something that can help save your life, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I'm not saying bundle you up like that Christmas story kid, but <laughs> yes, you are. No. <laughs> well, you know, it might be funny, <laughs> but no, cause honestly, I can tell you how many times I ride around short sleeves, mm-hmm. leather vest, jeans, and tennis shoes, you know, short rides. Usually I do that, you know, yeah. if I'm doing a longer ride. If I'm going to go to like one of our meets or something like that, yeah. I'm wearing my chaps. I'm wearing a uh, padded, padded jacket, the whole nine yards. Yeah. But, but again, you're, you're calculating the risk. That's a calculation that, that you performed and that fits for you. Mm-hmm. You've decided this ride is short enough. I'm confident enough that the jacket's going to go today. Correct. Correct. And well, a short when I say shorter rides, I'm talk I'm literally talking about maybe 15, 20 minute rides. Like I'm literally pretty much point A to point B. I'm not it's not I'm just out cruising around. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like just cruising around in basic traffic. <laughs> so but you, usually it's just like a point A to point B kind of thing. All right. I'm just saying there's still a risk calculation that goes into that. Otherwise you would you'd be dressed to the nines every time you get on a bike. No, 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 there's really no calculation of anything. I just go out and do it. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere there in your psyche, you're going, okay, it's worth it. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I'm I'm only making fun of you because I do the same thing. I, I get out, especially in the summertime, I go out with the best intentions of, you know, being safe, making sure I wear a sufficient amount of gear and it doesn't last very long because I'm just too hot, too uncomfortable. I'm soaked not from rain, but I'm soaked from sweat and now it's a distraction and on top of it, mm-hmm. I'm probably getting aggravated. So it's time for it to go so I can cool down physically and emotionally. And I think 
I think the ride is better because of it. And I, I don't know if it's true, but I do feel safer because of that. You know, I'm at, I'm at ease. I'm comfortable. I'm focused. You know, if I'm hot and sweaty and aggravated, who cares what I'm wearing? I'm, I'm, I'm not paying attention. I'm aggravated. No, exactly. And you're, you know, you're going to ride a lot more stupid, you know, like you'll get pissed off at people a lot more easy. Yeah. If that red light lasts two seconds too long, you're, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're going between all the cars so that when it goes green, you're the first one. Or if you're stuck behind somebody at that red light, right? What's the, what's the definition of instantaneous? The half second before it's green. <laughs> no, the time it takes for the light to turn green and for you to honk your horn. Oh, yes. Yep, green. <laughs> Beep. Move. Even that was a delay. <laughs> it's like my, my hand is coming towards the horn as the light bulb is going out, you know, on the red. Oh, oh no, I'm hovering. I'm hovering. <laughs> I'm like, smack. If you don't move as soon as that red light's gone. We're done. <laughs> That's what it was like in Boston. That's why people hate driving up there. I mean, if you didn't anticipate the light and floor it just as it was changing, you were getting honked every time. I bet you there's a lot more accidents of people like running red lights there up to. Well, and people from out of town, that's the, that's the biggest thing. It's like green, everyone's flooring it. And then you've got some knucklehead in the middle from out of town, just, you know, taking in the sights. Like, Come on, I've got nowhere to go, but I'm in a terrible hurry. <laughs> that's me. At, that's me riding, riding to work in the morning. Uh, All right. Let's go back to the helmet because I <laughs> yes. had it first and then I skipped it. You did. Number one piece of gear, I think, is a helmet that fits properly. Um, mm. yes, and, and what a lot of new riders do not understand is... A proper fitting helmet does n- is not always comfortable when you very first put it on. Correct. In fact, it takes it can take upwards of a month to two months before that really forms to your face. Yep. You know, depend depending on how much you ride, of course. And I've realized my my new showy since it's been a year now. At this point, I'm going to have to get thinner cheek pads because I've I've ridden it for used it for a year now, and it's still like pressing on the face a little too much so is it still pressing on your face or is your face maybe a little it's growing i don't know <laughs> i'm on camera it adds 10 pounds come on <laughs> at least uh, of course of course oh no actually um okay so uh my first helmet was a uh was a built well three-quarter mm-hmm. was a and i got that and i'm telling you probably for the first two, three months of riding with it, you know, it was devastating on my forehead and (laughs) it seriously was, it felt like it was just squeezing the life out of me. Yeah. But now, honestly, I, that one was a medium. Now my, my full face helmet is a large. Got it. And I can actually slip on that Biltwell three-quarter helmet a lot easier. And it feels a lot better for the most part because I don't have all that pushing on my cheeks. But it actually feels a lot more comfortable on my head. Like it's actually loosened up enough around, you know, the EPS liners kind of give away a little bit. 
Yeah, mine is just is still too tight because it's, you know, it presses on the cheeks to the point where I, I almost can't talk in the helmet. It's like it's a challenge to talk because it's really pressing in on the jaw. And you're biting your cheeks every time you do. Yeah, yeah, your cheeks are like mashed in between your teeth. So I looked at, on the website. They have several different thicknesses of cheek pads. So I'm going to see what it came with and then just get like one size down. And see, if, work. see how it works. But yeah, but they've given they've at least given away a little bit, right? Some, not it's not it's not been huge. Well, you all, how, how often do you ride? So what did I get last year? It was only like three or four thousand. It wasn't a lot, but I used it for all the demo rides and test rides and stuff too. Took it to California. Hmm. Well, well maybe that'll work better. So we'll see. Yeah, for but sure. I I will also add that. Much like yours, my first helmet was an HJC Star, I think it was. I guess okay. like a mid-grade helmet. It wasn't cheap, but it wasn't, I wouldn't consider it premium. It was what, 120, 150 bucks? Yeah, it was less than 150. Yep, somewhere in there. And then I've had, well, I've had two different half helmets. One from Harley, one from Fulmer. And then my Fulmer Modular, I had a Fulmer, I think it's an M1 Modular which was a little more expensive than the HJC, but still not, I still wouldn't call it a premium helmet, still sub $200. Mm. And it was noisy, you know, for, it was modular, but it was also, the wind noise was terrible. And then I got the Shoei RF-1200, which was nearly $400. Wow. That was a big, big step up in helmet quality. Right, and, and and how and how the wind hits your head and how it feels and quietness. Yeah, mainly the aerodynamics, very good. Seems very slippery in the wind. Even with a a bike that would have a lot of buffeting, it seems to cut down on that some. And yeah, I'm not like grease pig. Quiet. Yeah. Wind is slipping right out over. Thousand dollars <laughs> chase grease pig. <laughs> so yeah. Beautiful helmet. And then I spent that much month that amount of money more putting some paint on it <laughs> well you know and you know that's the thing for me you know i have those two helmets and i'm just like you know they're good helmets i like them i kind of want another helmet mm-hmm. and i'm planning on spending about five six hundred bucks on a new helmet so it's just like ugh, of all the different choices there are what do i want to get yep and it's a long process I've, i think i've been on, on that process for the past three months so you're you're definitely going premium then, high end almost. Yes, yes. I'm not. I, I'm not gonna because what I spent two hundred bucks on my Bell, the Bell qualified uh, mm-hmm. deluxe. Don't like it. No, I love it. I love it. It's a good. It, I mean, honestly, it is a great helmet. But I also know that here in another two years, I'm going to have to get a new one anyway. You know, because we're talking that'll be coming around that five-year mark yeah. where that you're supposed to get a new helmet so that's that another and, good point those helmets don't last forever you have to keep that in mind as well mm-hmm. so how much money do you want to spend every five years for a new helmet and how much do you like your brain <laughs> my question <laughs> with the fingers <laughs> fingerless gloves <laughs> be careful with an open mind your brain might fall out that's right <laughs> Uh, let's see. We talked about 
I think we did all we can on gloves. I don't really have anything else to add there other than gloves are a tricky one because especially if you're in an area that has seasons, as the climates change, you might, you might need several pair of gloves, liners, and things like that because that's, at least on a bike like mine, no windshield, no fairing, that's one of the first things that's going to get cold and then back to comfort, now you're distracted, now you're not paying attention. For certain, uh, certainly. Um, my, hand, my fingers always are one of the first things to go numb on me. You know, so, and that's even with winter gloves, mm-hmm. quote unquote winter gloves. You know, it's just, you know, I've, I've honestly thought about, hey, what if I make like Ninja Turtle gloves? <laughs> Seriously, that they way, make you know, those. Don't, don't they make the mittens with two fingers? Do they make the mittens with two fingers? I think so. I'm, I'm going to do some searching while you're talking. You do that. But, you know, like Ninja Turtle, like that way you have fingers next to fingers and, you know, you still have that body heat helping out, you know, but they also need a little better, like a wind, a, a better wind protection. Oh, you have to stall more than that. I'm still looking. Oh, oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, oh, yeah. I, I think we're done with gloves. If you want to start with the jacket or move on to the jacket. Well, we did kind of talk about that a bit, you know, you know. When you're out there picking it out, make sure you get in a position where you're going to be riding. What kind? You're also going to have to look at costs. You know, what kind of protection are you looking to get out of that jacket? You know, all your basic, all your basic standard stuff: elbows, shoulders, back. I found them, and then the materials. Oh, you found them. They do make three finger gloves. You have your thumb your index finger, and then your other three fingers go in the other pocket. Wrong. Nope, not what I wanted. Well, I know you wanted two and two, but <laughs> that's what these look like here. But I, to- I totally get the idea where you're doing most with your index finger and your thumb, and then the other three are in their own pocket. Right. But then your index finger is still going to get cold on the motorcycle. You want them together. Like that's, the, why, that's why I want I Ninja Turtle. I can't do it. I can't do the... Live long and prosper. Yeah, cannot. It's like my nanu, pinky, nanu. my pinky just won't cooperate. <laughs> nanu nanu. I've got to do it with two hands. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is when you can do that. Ooh. Oh no, you're far too, far too tricky. Finger crossed. The finger crossed. No. Anyway, so I'm going to put a couple of links to these in the show notes too. This is Outdoor Research Men's High Camp. Three finger gloves, and there's a whole bunch of them on Amazon. It's pretty cool. And just remember, my idea is better. No. <laughs> oh, that's an archery glove. I was like, wait a minute, that is a three finger glove. Okay, let me get off of Amazon. Amazon's as bad as YouTube in terms of getting into rat holes. Oh, <laughs> oh are we going back into forging? <laughs> forging giant hot pieces of metal. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's always at the end of the night when you're like you've watched like five of them already that were like eight minutes long and the last one will have to be like 42 <laughs> <laughs> you're like it's 230 why not one more this is the unadulterated process there is no cuts yeah no cuts <laughs> including the five minutes of them waiting for the forklift um, anyway, uh, jackets. Yes. Do you want textile? Do you want leather? Do you want, um, 
I think the main split, yeah, is right there. Textile and leather. And, oh, oh, rain. Do you want rain liners? Do you want a separate rain jacket? Or do you want just a waterproof main jacket? Lots of options. Mm, too many, too many, too many. Too many. <laughs> now, I will say, unless you ride primarily in the cold, you probably want something with a good amount of venting. Something you can open and close. A couple of vents on the front, a couple on the back. Get some nice airflow going through it. That's always a good thing. I don't well, know about good... perforated. I've never ridden with a perforated jacket. Do you have a perforated jacket? No, I don't. Mine, uh, mine is a, a street and steel, pretty much the the cycle gear brand, and it's pretty much like a jean. It's like a jean jacket with pads. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with with some, and I do mean pad armor. It's like they're like foam. They're just like yeah. I could have I could have just gone to like a store and grabbed some foam, stuck them in there. Yeah, makes you feel safe. I think I'm. I've said this for a while, but I definitely need to get a leather jacket. You know, just for the durability, rain, warmth, wind protection. Like I think leather covers it all. If you don't mind the weight, I've I've steered away from leather jackets for a long time because I don't like the weight of them. That's why mine is mine is a blend. Mine's a textile jacket, but from the elbow up the shoulder to the neck. And then a little bit across the back is leather or suede or something. It's some kind of leather over the nylon. I have a, I have a leather jacket that I do use, but only when it's cold. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say cold, we're talking 30, more like 45. <laughs> when I, no, no, when I get, when it gets, when it gets to 45, I'll throw on my leather jacket. Says the man you know. from Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll ro- I'll throw on my leather jacket. Um, shoot, I don't want to hear about it, Mister Fifty Five. Fifty is pretty much the cutoff, my man. No, I've read. Um, what was it? I went to a um, CMA, the Christian Motorcycle Association. Mm-hmm. They had uh, I know some guys in it, and they invited me along for this one thing that they were doing. And when I woke up that morning, it was 19 degrees out. What? <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to start a 95 big bore when it's 35 degrees out? Yeah, probably with your 2050 oil in it, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is just good chug, good chug, good chug. <laughs> I was- didn't even want I personally didn't want to start that morning. Yeah. <laughs> that was me on Saturday last week before Easy Riders. Yeah. So so we're talking by the time I got riding, what, we were in the negative five, negative ten? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. No, I, I I like riding in that stuff though. You know, but I like riding with my full face. But since I broke the visor on my full face back in July, I just never got I never I haven't ordered one yet. Mm-hmm. I wore my three quarter with the bubble shield. Which left my chin wide open to the elements. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we Getting frozen. We have to get an update from John. He has a transition shield now for his twelve RF twelve hundred. That's what's on the. Uh, that's what's on the. Uh, on the. What my helmet, my my full face, the the Bell Deluxe. It's a transition. 
uh, visor. That's one of the yeah. Bell was Bell was I I believe they were the first company to come out with the transistors lens. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm never worried about it too much because I wear glasses and my glasses have that built in. Ah. So I can get away with a clear shield and and actually. I don't know if the showy tinted lens has UV, but my old one, my Fulmer, the tinted lens didn't have any UV protection. So even with the tinted, (laughs) and this was Mm -hmm. kind of a pain, the tinted visor didn't have UV, so it would hit my glasses and they would get dark and then I'd have double dark and I'd end up opening the visor anyway. I completely agree and understand that. Um, I don't think the showy does that, though. I, th- I don't think with my dark visor, the glasses tint. Well, here's the thing. Stay. Well, here's the thing. Even with those transitions, I still have glasses. I still bring glasses along with me because if it's hot, mm-hmm. I pop open my visor most of the time. It, it, usually yeah. my visor's wide open. Do you wear contacts when you don't have glasses? No glasses, sir. I got the best vision in the world. Thank you. So you're talking about like sunglasses, <laughs> just like eye yes. protection. Oh, yes. Okay. No, mine are required. <laughs> I don't have an option. Which really sucked as a kid because I could never wear sunglasses. What? But now you don't have to worry about it because you got the transitions. Oh, yeah. I was the happiest kid around when they came out with that. It's like, oh, now I have sunglasses. Finally. <laughs> Otherwise, you look like an old granny with those giant ones that went over them. The clip-ons. <laughs> the, yeah, the ones that oh, clip-on. The, the, the flip. The flip-downs. Yes. <laughs> You'd you look like a 40-year-old dad on the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me. All right, I think we've killed the jacket. Let's see. Oh. Riding pants. Do you have any riding pants other than jeans? Nope. <laughs> no, I've got my, I, I got my denim. And like I said, you know, if I'm going to try travel at high speeds for an extended period, not just like on and off, mm-hmm. I wear my chaps. Good call. I've been thinking about that. Good set of chaps. Are they waterproof? Yeah. Sort of. Honestly, um, I mean, I know they're not like pants, but I mean, if I wear chaps, I don't really want to wear a rain suit on top of it. Well, well, I mean, your crotch is not going to be right. And let's face it, you know, rain running down. Yeah. Where does it go? Yeah. Running down your jacket just goes straight there. Right in the seats. So you're going to have to deal with wet crotch, but your legs for the most part, as long as you're not getting too much water shooting up. Yeah. It's not too bad. Like through your cuffs, it right. really isn't that bad. I I rode what this last trip. You remember me telling you about that rainstorm that I hit? Mm-hmm. I was probably dry within an hour and a half. Well, that's not bad. Not bad at all. And that's kind of my philosophy. This is you know while we're talking about pants, this is another thing you have to consider is if you're going to ride in the rain, which we recommend you ride in the rain. Don't avoid it. Don't hide from it. Are you going to get rain gear or not? And I have rain gear. I don't like to wear it. Except when it's cold. It makes a nice windbreak. I will say mm-hmm. that. But traditionally, I just, I don't mind just getting wet and then drying out. Just keep riding. Generally, the rain's going to quit. 
You're going to run into dry somewhere. Not always, but generally you will, especially in the summertime. It's going to be a thunderstorm. You're going to get wet. Then it's going to be hot, and you're going to dry out. Well, but then you have to also look at, you're looking at it purely from a, uh, a kind of like a recreational point of view of riding. What about daily commuters? Yeah. If I was commuting every day, I'd probably have a, probably not You'd a rain have, suit. I would have, yeah, I'd have a, just an over riding suit that was waterproof. Yeah. So yeah, you, because if you're, if you're, if you're expecting it, might as well have it. Cause I mean, you're going to work for one. Well, if you had to yeah. leave home for work. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it sucks for you if you have to leave home to go to work. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. You can't do can't do apartment maintenance from home. No. <laughs> yep. Turns out you can do IT work though, fairly well. You know what? That's probably the best way to do it too. And yeah, in, in some some aspects, it is. There are some parts of my job where I'd rather be there because I, you know, I'm always working with different customers. So sometimes you want it, it's better to be there. But you just want to strangle them. Yeah, when you need to get your hands around someone's neck, it's kind of hard to do that through the phone. <laughs> you got it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every uh, customer service job ever. <laughs> yeah, I guess my la- my last part really on pants is just what I talked about earlier. If you're going to get the Kevlar-lined ones, you're going to have to spend some bucks. And by oh. bucks, I mean probably about 300 Well, Yeah, and well, and then you're in, and in that line... They're also not going to be just Kevlar. They're going to actually have some hip padding, knee yep. knee pads. Yeah, this is going to be your premium line, you know, Alpine Stars type gear mm-hmm. is what it's going to be at that point. But I think at 300 bucks though, now I'm looking at dedicated riding pants that might be waterproof, you know, and have the padding and things like that. Maybe some venting, different options. Not just well, jeans lined with Kevlar. Well, and that's where I've thought about like, okay, so like if I got like Kevlar jeans as a kind of like a kind of a precaution, because mm-hmm. I'm just going to ride in them. I'm not going out for a fashion show or anything like that. What if I did like the uh, industrial grade never wet? Which is? Uh, it's a, it's a hydrophobic like treatment. <laughs> things so that the water just you know beads right off is that like that stuff the guy sprays on a screen door and then he uses it as a boat that stuff no 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 no. in the infomercials you know what i'm talking about it's not flexi seal no never never what's the stuff that you like you see like uh there's there's a commercial where the guy's wearing those like pretty much like timberland work boots yeah and he's stepping in this big old mud puddle and you see the mud just Wipe okay. right off of it like it's completely new suede. So it's like the 3M Scotch Guard stuff, almost. Only much better. Yeah, but that's the concept. You you treat it and then it repels water. Yes, repel, repel. Like goodbye. Repel, repel like women and me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> we might be related. <laughs> hey. <laughs> But yeah, so I just kind of always thought that might be a good measure mm-hmm. 
just to kind of like if you did want to carry some rain gear, I, I like I want to get the industrial stuff, put it on some clothes, go out riding when I know it's going to rain at some point. Yeah. And see how well does it last while I'm riding? Like, will it get me a mile or two down the road till I can get to like an underpass where I can throw on my gear? Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's my 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 problem with the rain gear. Like you said, it's more leisure, long trips. It comes down to I can only pack so much stuff. Am I going to pack mm-hmm. the rain gear? You know, the weather's supposed to be beautiful. Do I want to pack it? So you know how it works. Inevitably, you pack the rain gear. Never rains. You don't pack it. You know, it rains three out of four days. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's like every trip I've ever been on. But I, I will say the the rain pants that I have they're they're from Harley. They're pretty old now, but they they work really well for a windbreak when it's cold. It's that nice. rain that rain jacket that you uh, lent me. Same suit. That, yep. That you know what? Once again, thank you again. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I get to play the role of John more than once. Uh, see, congratulations. Actually, wait, wait, wait. Wasn't he carrying that in his car? Hey, let's not get into that. It was my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get into these details. Come on. <laughs> John carries more things. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> if he if if he were to, you know what? If it was if it weren't uh, if he weren't named himself a speed fanatic, yeah, it'd be John carries. John carries. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> nice oh all right now all right miscellany anything we didn't cover so is there any other gear that you feel is required um you know i was not not something horrible you know but you're talking if you get in a bad enough accident right mm-hmm. um, i was listening to the Another podcast that you introduced me to. Uh, you can introduce them on here if you want to, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> someone I must be someone I know. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you introduced you introduced me to the podcast, uh, but they were talking about um, what? There's a a bracelet. There's a company that makes a bracelet. Oh that yeah, puts the, emergency information. Ro- that has emergency ID. information. Yeah, yeah. So that might not you know it's not not a bad idea. You know, just something extra. Be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because who knows if, if your wallet goes flying off or something like that. Yeah. Your phone is gone. Your wallet's gone. Maybe tattoo it on your chest right here. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, your serial number will be there before long. So. Well, you know, but the only problem is if you, uh, if you, if you have to change an emergency contact number. Right. <laughs> Oh, wait, I don't know that person anymore. Whoops. Hold on. <laughs> Scratch that out. Yep. Goodbye. So, yeah, <laughs> m- miscellany. I can't think of anything else. That That's pretty much my my riding requirements. Good helmet that fits. Or, I'm sorry, helmet. A good helmet that fits properly. I can get spit that all out. Sturdy boots over the ankle. Um, good gloves, probably the best place to spend your money, you know, good leather, dexterity, perforated if you need it. Um, I prefer gauntlets for the most part, unless it's really hot and I get the short ones. 
Honestly, honestly, I use a pair of twenty dollar mechanics. That's a good one. And the reason I pause is because I'm like, wait a minute, I have a pair of gloves like that. They're not mechanics, but yeah, you. But these something. ones, these ones actually have like the uh, rubber on the back of them. Okay. And stuff like that. Like this is like the heavy duty mechanic. Like if you know you're gonna bust your bust your knuckles on something, <laughs> smash. <laughs> They're not plastic. It's still just a rubber. Yep. But it's at least something. And then I guess the other, only other thing we wanted to cover is there anything that you don't need? The things that people always tell you to get that you really just don't need. I couldn't really think of anything. My only my only tip was really, you know, shop smart. You know, go with your budget, go with your gut. But you know, don't buy the cheapest of the cheap, and you don't necessarily need the high end either. But you, you got to get somewhere in the middle where it's good enough right because if you're not doing like track days kind of stuff like that you don't need to go full others with the newest ce approved body armor blah 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 this or that but you also don't want to you know be uh tank top shorts and flip-flops exactly (laughs) and a beanie (laughs) why not (laughs) all right brother bacon we don't have a u-turn but we'll have a in eight days a week are you going to be ready for that oh i think i am well i'll give you a minute because i need to take a moment and thank the riders of loud pipes for their continued support and we will start that with of course the first five that would be marcus rickard edward jebby and zion thank you fellas slack pack would be chuck knobby tire old man slacker shut up and ride and squatchy pete we have Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, Chad, James, makes up the Riders Group, and Darren and the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast are the insiders. If you're not a member of the Riders of Loud Pipes, then you need to go to loudpipes.net slash donate. Check it out. Take a look at the support levels we have. And there's also a link there for one-time donations. And as we mentioned, I think last episode, if not two ago, any uh, one-time donation, 50 or more, will also get you a t-shirt. So don't forget to put your address in there and we'll send it out. And of course, all that rambling, I forgot. The U-turn. Why not? <laughs> yes, yeah, U-turn. <laughs> we don't have a U-turn, but, you know, transition. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll get you a sound clip of my bike. No. <laughs> Either that or whenever John gets a uh, new uh, new pipes on his on a spider you can i don't know if he's gonna do it it sounds pretty darn good with the stock the stock can yeah i haven't heard it yet though so all right yep yep so we have our little shenanigan we call eight days a week that is seven things to ride or drive fly captain paddle whatever you're into plus one project and if you want to partake, you need your uh, birthstone. And that will be a motorcycle two-wheeler of your birth year. Right. Now, here's my question, though. Uh, just, just one quick question. Mm-hmm. So it's eight days a week, so that's with your, you know, your project bike. Now, birthstone make it nine, or, do you, or are you able to substitute one? That's nine. Correct. You're good at math. <laughs> 
I see. Uh, see, <laughs> see. Because I've, you know, well, I'm only going to just substitute one. If your I'm birth zone gonna... happens to be in your seven, that's fine. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so first off, um, since I've gotten into, you know, really wanting to do a lot more off-road kind of tour, off-road touring, I should say. <laughs> oh, dear. Awesome. Oh, dear. And, oh, yes. Since uh, I also rode one right before, uh, what was it? It was Thanksgiving. Okay. Right. Like, literally the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, I test rode a 2017, but any the newest model as it comes. Uh, the 2018 Triumph Tiger. Ooh. 1200 XCA. Ooh. Triumph Tigre. XCA. That's the one I rode. Very nice. But the 1200, is- I rode the 800. Oh, see? Oh, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? And even though it was a 2017, like it was amazing. And with, they said, was it like a hundred? It was a hundred improvements that they've made over the entire bike. Did you? Well, like the, TF, but the 18 TFD. is all new. Did you ride that one? No, no. No, no, they they have not released it yet. It's not coming out until uh, end of February or so. Okay, so you definitely didn't ride that one. <laughs> no, no, I rode the twenty seventeen. Gotcha. The twenty eighteen. The twenty eighteen. No, it's the exact same platform. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. They just did like a hundred improvements mm. on the on the old platform. Okay, and some paint. Yeah, Maybe. a little bit. Yeah, some changes in paint, and you know. That's neither here nor there. Nice bike. It is a beautiful bike. All right. Numero two. Numero two. Uh, it is a 1992 Honda CBR 900RR. All then, with your RR. Well, why nine, honestly. Why 92? Just curious. That was about, uh, what was it? That was a couple of years before I got into high school. Pre-fuel uh, injection? Yes. Okay. That those were uh, that was kind of like the big like one of the big Honda race bikes that they had. Oh, ninety two. Yeah, it would definitely be pre fuel injection. Yeah, and um, that was honestly one of the bikes that really kind of sparked me into really wanting to ride. Nice. So and I I remember seeing it. I I remember seeing the, all the rest of the Honda line. I was like, eh, those ones are okay. And then mm-hmm. I saw that one. I was like, oh, cream. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Can you guys walk out the room? <laughs> nice. So you get a sport bike someday. You got to have yeah, one. Oh, oh, I plan on it. Trust me. I plan on it. Actually, uh, just, uh, just the other day, I was over at another property for my work. And there happens to be a 19, I, I want to say it's a nine. Oh, no, no, wait, wait. No, Uh-oh. Like a, Uh-oh. no, no, wait. 2002 CBR 600. F, F4? Sure. Yeah, I think it's an F4. Sounds it's got right. The, um, but, I mean, dilapidated is all hell. Like, road wet, put away. <laughs> road hard, put away wet. 
one of those, you know, it's, it's one of those bikes. All right. Side diversion. Yeah. But you know, I think we've talked about this on the show, but our little drag race venture we want to do this year, this summer, Mm. you still have to bring your Dyna, whether you get a sport bike or not. Oh, definitely. Okay. No, no, no. Just saying. Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. That, that was predetermined by, by me and Rogue. (laughs) <laughs> got it. which i believe was what started all of it so <laughs> got it yeah because it was his um what is that hyper motard was going to take the dyna is what the challenge was i said i could i could take his hyper motard on my dyna in a quarter mile mm. straight line mm. i don't know quarter I mean, yeah, I quarter the- mile probably half mile no he kill no. you in a half mile no, no. I think I still think I have the torque that'll that'll at least get me halfway down that halfway through that before he even gets a quarter of the way through. Yeah, but it doesn't weigh anything though. Yeah, true, but you know. Oh, have you met Rogue? I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Oh, number three. We gotta find that. We gotta find it. All right. All right. So number three. I would like a 2015 Bugatti Veyron SS. All righty then. I kind of had to think about it. Did I want the, like the new uh, Chimera? Chiron, Chimera, whatever they call it. Chiron. Yeah, Chiron. whatever it is. And I was like, you know, no, no. The, what, what made me fall in love with them was the Bugatti Veyron. Very nice. Number four. I would like a Hummer, please. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> We're not in the downshift yet. <laughs> no, the H1. Okay. The H one, and but an actual military, an actual military surplus. Got it. <laughs> Glad you clarified. You're welcome. All right. Just because you know they're just stout off road vehicles, you know. I've you, wanted you, the you, pickup truck version for a while. Well, well, and there's so many different versions of mm-hmm. them, and there's actually a website that you can go and get. And buy any one of them that you want. I am a subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> I watch. I look at it daily. <laughs> well, I thought it would be the ultimate sort of like track day truck. You know, you put your bikes in the back, like like dirt bikes. You load them up in the back, your camping gear. And that would just be the coolest vehicle to roll into the parking lot with. Just park like it anywhere. I like that. I think I think that'd be good. It, well, and if somebody was in your way, no. too bad. <laughs> <laughs> number five. So my number five. Well, you're gonna love this one. <laughs> hands rubbing, hands rubbing. Oh, it's a 2018 Harley Fat Bob. <laughs> Hello, Bacon. You still there? Hello. You. you- <laughs> <laughs> The Skype flake out or something. <laughs> Don't you know it's your favorite bike in the world? Oh, I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's just lovely. Well, but uh, honestly, uh, I was thinking I wanted as a four, uh, the 114, but actually I wanted as the uh, 107. Mm. I will be specific. 107 mil eight. Got it. That's right. Six pack. I'm- I mean, do you want the color that I want out? <laughs> Doesn't it only come in one color? Terrible. 
Oh, oh, you, you hurt me. You hurt me. You know what? You cannot put a fingerprint on that paint. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to go, um, maybe I want to, you know, travel to an Island or something like that with a bike or a car or something like that, or, or the Hummer. Right. So I actually kind of want to get a Griffin 8,100 TD hovercraft. Oh, (laughs) no idea what that is. (laughs) Uh, you should take a second. Okay. So, uh, I must go to the interwebs for that. Yes. You must go look at that. It's uh, well, hovercraft tells you it all really. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I'm thinking this has got to be like personal. Oh no, it's one of these. Oh, okay. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. Right. No, oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. It's not one of those small little Oh, yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Oh, look at that. 56 to 75 passengers. Hoorah. Well, if you want passengers, <laughs> otherwise you can just fill it up with vehicles. Or put your eight days a week in it. <laughs> exactly. You know, go around anywhere, which to your other point of with the H1, you want to talk about a track day vehicle <laughs> you might Imagine get a couple up. of looks with this you know what wow. you got your whole you got your whole garage right in there you bring the whole the whole racing circuit like all of moto gp could probably fit in this thing <laughs> that's what i'm talking about <laughs> like everybody <laughs> come on everybody come on in let's go <laughs> wow look at that thing 40 knots full speed well well that's 40 knots on the water. Zero wind, zero wind, flat water. <laughs> I was going to say downhill. <laughs> Both ways. Both ways. All right. Seven. All right. Number awesome seven. Pick, oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, number seven is going to be my birthstone. So it shall be a 1979 Kawasaki Z1300. Cowie Z thirteen hundred, and sadly, I need to look that up too. Oh no! This was an inline six that uh, they they pretty much said this this bike was going to kill anybody that got on it. Oh, is this like um, it's the Honda CBX? Is an inline six like that? I think so. I think it looks just like it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, here's a, yeah. KZ. Oh, it's a KZ 1300. Is that it? That's it. There it is. All right. Yeah. It, it, it's, and it's honestly not a bad looking little bike as it is. You know, like you don't have to cafe it out. You don't have to do anything to it. It's just as it sits, it's a pretty bike. So is this a predecessor to the, what am I thinking of? Is it the ZRX twelve hundred naked street bike? Thinking- no, no, that would not be a predecessor to naked. That'd be that'd be a predecessor to your sport, the Z, the the fourteen. Okay. Huh. This is pretty wild. Nice bike. 
Nice pick, yeah. my man. Nice pick. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Man, in line six. Right? Straight oh, up and down. Right? Wide as hell. <laughs> you know, it doesn't look as wide as the CBX. You no, know, it doesn't. I think it's a CBX. I can, let me go look because I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. CBX six cylinder. Yeah. See, that one looks dumb. <laughs> it, it, it looks it looks comedically wide. You know what I mean? Jeez. Like, looks like a BMW. No, wait. No, 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 no. No, it's just that <laughs> it's not just how wide it is. The engine just looks out of place. I mean, there's no frame coming around it. I realize it the way it sits in there, but it just looks awkward. Yeah. Kawasaki like yeah. did such a better job. Well, and, and I mean, it's 1300 CCs. What's the CBX? 1000. Okay. Wow. So you're not talking about smaller cylinders or nothing. Hmm. It would be a little smaller. Yeah, I mean, touch, you're, you're talking a little bit, but I'm talking about, like, the frame of the motorcycle and everything going around. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Larger motor, but, but it looks smaller. Yeah, it, it doesn't, well, I can maybe I need another angle of it, but this doesn't look nearly as wide as that CBX. There's a side shot. Yeah, there's a picture from the tank. You don't even hardly see the engine. Well done, Cowie, well done. Well done, old yeah. chap. Well done. Well, no, and I I really had to think about that one because 1979, you know I love Harleys. I only have one Harley on 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 this part of the list so far, right? Yeah, so what's your project? And, well, well, definitely not doing uh definitely not doing the uh, AMC Harleys. Let's just keep that out of there. AMF. <laughs> AMF, sorry. See, that's how much you don't like them. No. Well, no. They're going so, up. They're going up in price, though. Come on. It's a couple of them beers there. <laughs> I told you I was start, I'm going to start being too drunk for this. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes late. My goodness. Yep. So um, my uh, project bike is going to be my current Dyna. Oh. I am going to turn that bike at some point in the future into a track rat. Oh, I didn't expect that. Uh, I love it. I'm never going to get rid of it. So at some point, I think I'm going to spend probably close to eleven to twelve hundred dollars. No, not twelve hundred. Uh, twelve thousand. Yeah. Because for one, I'm going to uh, put the T143 S and S in it. Let me get the specs first. Two thousand eight seven. It's 2006. Close. <laughs> HD Dana Street Bob. FX DBI. Street, street Bob. The Street Bob. Street Bob, if you will. Mm hmm. Well, at least it's not a fat Bob. Hmm, not yet. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. You're going to no, make yeah. that a track bike and then you're going to buy one of those? Yeah. No, no, no. See, because I, I want it dedicated track. So I'm going to put inverted forks on it. I am going to. So it's not going to be road legal. No, not at all. 
Okay. Not, not in the slightest. Cause honestly, my ultimate goal is even though they discontinued dinos, right? They, there's hundreds of thousands of those around, right? Mm-hmm. When you're talking from like FXRs all the way up through, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to see, I actually kind of want to start a fat pig MotoGP. <laughs> the fat pig GP. Okay. <laughs> well, right. So, so MotoGP, but only with just fat pig Harleys or, you know, Hondas, you know, of the same size, stuff like that. Nice. Can you not, you can't tell me you don't think it would be fun to see these fat pigs go around a MotoGP circuit. Oh, I think it would be awesome. Yeah. And you don't see it at all. They had, remember the XR 1200? But that's okay. But you're still talking. That's a sportster. No, but they had a whole spec series with those is what I was getting at. Yes, they did that. Well, once again, I'm talking, that's a sportster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more, not a big twin. I get you. I get you. And it's still based more off of, you know, it was, that one was more set up as still a race as not a race bike, but more, I guess kind of more like a naked really is what you'd more equate that one to. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, hell that's what, that's how they restarted flat tracks was with the XR. You know, that, so, you, so you want a road racing, an asphalt road racing series with big twins. Yeah. Like Laguna Seca, all those, all the big tracks mm-hmm. with big fat pigs. That would be cool actually. <laughs> and especially hearing like, like 20 of them at once <laughs> that oh. would be intoxicating. <laughs> I don't know. Would, be the, would you do? I wouldn't do a 143 though. Well, the reason I want a 143 and I'd probably get two different motors. I, I could just, I'd go for RPMs. I'd make see, it smaller. Swap, oh no, no. I'd swap out. So I want the 143 for drags. Cause I've seen, oh, okay. I've seen, cause you know, it is be fun. You know, why not? I've seen a, I've seen video of a road glide with the 143 in it do the quarter mile. And I think it was like 10 seconds. Wow. Nice. <laughs> so could you imagine it on a 400 pound lighter bike? <laughs> <clears throat> wow. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see them. On a road course now. Now you've really got me interested. I've talked with, I um, remember my friend Reggie that I've talked to you about. I do. We've, we've talked to him. I've talked to him about that. And he was like, that would be actually like one of the probably most fun races you'd ever watch. Would you have a soft tail class? Because then I'll start cutting on mine. <laughs> uh, no. We, you, you, you need stability, sir, for a MotoGP. Yeah, you're you're not going to have stability on a soft tail going around them corners. I just make the rear end rigid. <laughs> yeah, that's all the that's all the stability you need. <laughs> Six thousand dollars in Olin's front forks and a welder for the back. All right, rear suspension's done. <laughs> We're all set up for this track. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah that so that's that's really my eight days a week because i kind of combined nice you know, my burst my burst stone with number seven there so nice list all right well i think we're going to continue this on downshift so shut it down that sounds good to me all right so was there was there anything else that you wanted to talk about with this or i think i'm good time wise i think we're good all right the truckers yeah truckers always want more but you know yeah you know what city shuts them down city shuts them down down it goes (laughs) all right let me cover the events real quick since uh johnny john is not here the next event for him will be the moto amino ride to key west February 18th through the 21st, and they are trying to clock a group Saddlesore 1000 on the way down. That'll be fun. I am not participating. They're going to have to see if they can keep up with John. Right, yeah. Crazy man. (laughs) Second annual congregation show here in Charlotte, April 14th, 2 to 8 p.m. All are welcome. We will be there most of the day, I hope. First annual Loud Pipes Meetup, session one, will be July 13th and 14th. We're going to ride up Thursday. We're going to spend a day at the Gettysburg Bike Week, I think they call it, or Bike Days, Bike Week. It's not a full week. And then Saturday, the 14th, we're going to do our group ride. Some shenanigans, I'm sure, Friday night, Saturday night, and then Sunday we will all depart. So that will be our first annual meetup and i'm saying session one because the second meetup will be at barber in the fall oh 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 where is it there it sorry is. i had to find the coin <laughs> <laughs> the second annual east coast meetup for moto amino will be june 9th in wake forest that's at capital city power sports i think is what the name is john will smack me around if that's not right The third annual Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge is going to run June 21st through July 11th. Rules should be out in the next week, and sign-ups will be shortly after that. So some cool things coming with that. And if all goes well, we'll be at the 14th annual Barber Vintage Festival, October 5th through the 7th. And John, like a crazy man, announced one more in the cup. That he plans to leave there and ride across the country. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. You know what? <laughs> Everyone should commend his wife. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get that he has that much uh, vacation time, but dear Lord. Mm. Yeah. I think my wife would kill me if I spent that much time away. <laughs> you and me both. All right. I would like to again thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And if you feel the show is adding some value, please visit loudpipes.net slash donate. And a little in return is much appreciated. We do the show Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern as often as possible. Join us at loudpipes.net slash live. Want to give a shout out to the fellows in the live stream tonight. Appreciate you hanging out. There's a little guys. chat room component there. You can interact with us and the other riders during the show. Follow us on that Mixler app and you'll be notified each time we go live. Can't support the show monetarily, we understand. Just ask that you head over to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcast from. Leave us a little note and a rating. Much appreciated. 
It helps get the word out to our show and puts a little fuel in our tank as well. Additional information from this episode, including links, images, some of my brother Bacon shenanigans, all that, can be found on the website, loudpipes.net slash 115. There's also links to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media. All right, it's just you and me, Bacon. Kickstands up. That sounds good to me. So uh, I guess vaya con Dios, everybody. All right. Good night. Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.